Good evening, welcome back. And um, we're looking at this question, what's to come? I think one of the reasons coronavirus hit me so hard is that my default in life tends to be the opposite. Let's crack on with the here and now. I just don't ask what's to come or try to prepare for it. I'll cross that bridge when and if it comes to it. I certainly never imagined or expected that everything could change so quickly. It didn't even cross my mind. The only example I can think of where longer term and larger scale thinking comes in is the climate change movement. And I've got to be honest, that hasn't really changed what I do. Maybe it should. So I think my first thought about tonight's question then, and maybe this is yours, is that we're entering the realm of conspiracy theories, aren't we? Wacky predictions that are hardly for credible thinkers or substantiated with hard evidence. And though it sounds wacky, I think the truth is we all live in hope the expectation of what's to come. This lockdown has particularly shown me that. Speak to anyone and they'll give one or even a whole host of things they hoped to be doing during this time. The same again invite spoke of some of those long-term hopes seeming further out of reach. We all live in hope. And in all your conversations with family and friends, I can guarantee someone piped up about things returning to normal. We all live in hope. The real question is, what is the basis for that hope? We say, don't we, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow, <laughs> but we hardly expect um, to guarantee that it won't. We're hardly certain about it at all. What we mean is, I, I'd quite like it not to. Is that all Bible predictions are? What we'd like to be true? Well, I think if that was the case, we'd hardly expect it to talk about God's judgment. I'm hoping this short talk will show you that there is a basis for the future. We're going to see that we know what's to come by what's come before. The future has a past track record. Far from being wishful thinking, the basis for what's to come is the Jesus of history and his track record. And Sam on Wednesday started to show us what that track record is like. Jesus lived the perfect life under God's rule and gave his life so that sinners can be brought to God. The future has a past track record. We know what's to come by what's come before. We've had a great example of that this week, haven't we, with the Premier League. Uh, for the Liverpool supporter out there and just about every other rival club, deep down we all knew they were going to win it. Their winning track record up until that point in the season made it virtually impossible that they wouldn't lift the trophy. Such that even the delay of lockdown kind of just delayed the inevitable. It gave my wife, who's an Everton supporter, a cruel glimmer of hope. There's our word again. But even she knew it was unavoidable. What's to come? Well, look at what's come before. The future has a past track record. The Bible is no different. In particular, look at Jesus and look at the empty tomb and see the risen Jesus. This is our picture for today. And this is our verse from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says this, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In his great mercy, God has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. There's our word again, hope. And for the Christian, living hope. The basis for this hope is Jesus. And he is alive. It says that, doesn't it? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's Jesus and even more specifically his resurrection 
that makes the future so certain. Jesus' resurrection means that new life with God can start for those who trust in him. And it makes certain that Jesus will return. As the perfect human that we were meant to be, God has appointed him as ruler over all the earth. And as its ruler, he is also our judge. We will stand before him and give an account to him. Now, of course, some people will reject all this, and probably because we don't like the conclusion. But we do so not because no basis is given. We'd have to say that we don't like the basis. The resurrection didn't happen. That may be where you're at listening to this, but in the time we have left, just be worth thinking about that and thinking it through and asking, what then did happen to Jesus's body? What are the options? Well, if it stayed lifeless in the tomb, well, the Romans and the Jewish opponents passed up the perfect opportunity to put an end to the hype, didn't they? You say that Jesus is alive? Well, no, here he is and he stinks. This has led lots of people to admit they didn't have the body, but that the disciples had taken and hidden it. The motive, well, perhaps, but evidence for this? None. The big problem for this theory is the disciples' deaths. All 12 were martyred for saying that they'd seen Jesus. Wouldn't one of them preferred to have saved their skin rather than die for a lie? Instead, we have the Bible's eyewitness accounts, men with a track record of being cowards, ducking and diving when the heat got too much. Normal men who were in absolute disbelief even of what they saw before their eyes, such that Jesus recalled his predictions to them um, so that they would understand. What's to come? Well, look at what's come before. The future has a past track record, and it is Jesus and his resurrection means that new life, friendship with God, can be guaranteed and given. And it means that he will return as the judge. The Bible is unashamed to rest its entire prediction about what's to come on the resurrection. Christians are unashamed that the risen Jesus is their living hope, both now and in the future. It's summarised well by the Apostle Paul, who said that if Jesus did not rise from the dead, Christians are to be pitied more than men. Everything rests on it. The resurrection means that Jesus is coming back as ruler and judge, and we each have to ask, when he does, what would that mean for me? What about me is the question that we're asking on Wednesday. We'd love you to join us for that. And please head to the chat room to share some of your thoughts and questions. I'd love to hear from you. But before that, we're going to briefly hear from Verona, who attends Beckendry Church, about what this has looked like in her life. Hi, Verona. Hello, Rob. Would you like to just share a little bit about um, who you are? Yeah. Um... I would actually, yeah. Well, um, I'm just a middle-aged woman. <laughs> well, on the wrong side of middle age. <laughs> and uh, I'm, uh, I have an adult son, uh, a, a lovely daughter-in-law, and uh, two grown-up grandchildren. Yeah. And they're sort of teenagers or in their twenties, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, they're young, young young people, you know, early 20s. And they live around here, you get to see them every now and again? Yeah, I actually spent the last week Saturday evening at a nice barbecue with them. Oh, great, so wonderful. That was nice, yeah. And um, you, you shared with us as, as church family uh, a year ago that you had a bit of a scare. Do you want to just share a bit about that? Yeah, I actually, um, my dentist, who's fantastic, 
discovered that uh, there was a, a bit of an abnormality with mm. my gums and he was very concerned because mm. I had been experiencing some mouth ulcers mm. and he felt I needed to be referred to hospital. So he did that immediately. Did uh, he sort of broach the subject of cancer with he, you or he, 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 he said to me he doesn't want to concern me or worry me mm. but he did mention that the reason why he's put, you know, mm. recommending the hospital referral is because of his concerns that with the mouth ulcers, it could be yeah. something serious. Yeah. So he was kind of warning me in, in his own way. Mm. But he didn't actually come out with the word cancer. Okay. He just wanted to warn me. Yeah, that yeah. we need to find out what yeah, it is. We need to find now, that, that's a huge thing, isn't it? I mean, um, I guess at anyone's age, but I guess particularly maybe at your mm. age, you were, mm. um, it, it, it could shake you quite a lot, and I'm sure it did shock you to hear that. Um, and um, I just want to ask you, like, just being a Christian, does knowing Jesus and knowing um, that he is risen from the dead, did that play into this at all oh. in terms of your reaction and how you oh, thought about massively, it? massively, massively. Mm. Um, I think back now and think if I wasn't a Christian, yeah. I would have been absolutely devastated mm. because I wouldn't have had a future, I wouldn't have had a hope because for me as a non-Christian, that would have been it. Mm. That's the end. Uh, but as a Christian, with the knowledge that I know, and knowing what Jesus has done for me, and knowing that he's alive mm. and active. And I, funny enough, I say this every morning to mm. him. When I speak to him every morning, one of the things I say, you know, I say, Lord, you know, fill me with your Holy Spirit today. Because I know that you promised to be with me, and you use your spirit in that way. So it's an ongoing relationship that you have yeah. with Jesus through, through prayer, and you yeah. talk to him, and you know he's with you. Yeah. And yet, in this in this trial, there's this um, fear. Yeah. Um, the fear is death, isn't it? Surely. Yeah. And 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 what certainty does Jesus bring about death? Well, the certainty for me is the fact that Jesus is alive; he rose again. So the knowledge of the resurrection makes a huge difference for me. Not saying that you know sometimes in the back of your mind you don't have there's still a little bit of something there. Because remember, we've still got to go through that valley. Um, but I am certain sure, and his word promises me, that in that valley, he's going to be there. So there's no, you know, it's not the end for me. Mm. You know, as he rose mm. to be renewed in a new body, a new life, he's going to do the same for me. And okay. I have great confidence in that. Wow, thank you so much for sharing that. And it's, it's great to see that, um, you know, that's had an impact on you. Um, and it's actually changed something about um, the thing that you were going through and um, the perspective you had at that time. So thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks, thanks so much. Thank you, Rob. <laughs>